This podcast is all about courageous stories of people who have found that simultaneous space between grace and struggle. Meet my friends. Well, I'm here today with my niece, Katura. How are you, Katura? Good. How are you? Good. So we'll just jump right into the show. And so I'm going to ask you in a few words, why do you think I invited you on here today? Um, I feel like the top reason is because I'm your favorite niece. <laughs> Maybe not. No. Um, yeah, I feel like I have a story to share with people. I haven't really shared it with a lot of people, but I know that um, yeah, it's meaningful and it's worth being heard. So maybe absolutely. that. <laughs> absolutely. Well, you've got it right. Um, Katura is an amazing, amazing, amazing young woman. I think you guys will really be encouraged by all she has to share. And she is so wise beyond her years. And I'm very proud of her. So Katura, will you share with everyone one of the greater challenges you've walked through? When, where, how, what? Tell us about it. Yeah, so it was actually kind of hard for me to pick one just because there's been a few, (laughs) but I feel like the one that's had the most effect on me and still has effect on me to this day um, is the relationship with my father and just the type of person that he was um, to me growing up. Um, He was a narcissistic abuser. And, um, I feel like as a kid, you know, everybody, every kid wants their dad to be their hero. And, um, yeah, as a little girl growing up, I feel like in my head, he was, um, just because I didn't know, I didn't get to experience like other people's fathers and what they were like to, you know, like my friends and stuff. Um, so yeah, I quickly realized that, all dads are not like that. And yeah, yeah I was deceived. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So can you share with us what it felt like? What were some of the emotions you experienced during your lowest moments during this time? What were some of the um, just things that made you feel low and what did it, yeah. What did it feel like? Yeah. I feel like I was definitely always constantly, um, questioning whether or not I was a good kid it may sound funny just because you're like okay if you grow up with an abuser of course they're the bad guy you're the innocent victim um but it was like the punishment that I received for actions um just left me feeling like I was terrible I was like a bad kid I didn't understand what I was doing to deserve these things I would constantly try to you know, better myself and like try and do nice things for my dad to make him feel loved or I don't even know, just stuff like that. Um, I just didn't know how to fix it. I didn't know if I could fix it. Um, And I feel like I was constantly like in a state of anxiety and trying to like rack my mind and figure out what I could do better um, and like how I could make him proud of me. Yeah. Yeah. I was very depressed and anxious all the time. Um, Yeah. And I feel like some days or I know some days like my depression and anxiety were so bad, like I couldn't 
sleep or eat. And this wasn't really so much like as a teenager, it was more of like maybe ages like seven to 12, maybe. So those were just a few of the things that, yeah, like really took a toll on me. And like, even as a kid, I didn't really know what anxiety or depression was, but I just remember always feeling so low. Um, So, yeah. So sad. And you think about it. I mean, it's like, I hear you saying that you felt responsible for almost for him, for his emotions. Like you wanted to, you wanted to make it work. You wanted to fix it. You were anxious because you tried to figure out how can I make this relationship better when that wasn't the answer, but it's just so sad listening to it. Cause you were just a child, you know, you're just yeah. a little girl, right? You should yeah. be doing all that. And you should be the one that's the child. It's, it's really interesting how that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really and, effective, so. Yeah. Just lately I've been like just reading a bunch and listening to like podcasts and books about just like what it's like, or obviously I know what it's like, but like how to heal and cope with um, whether you like have a narcissistic parent still involved in your life or like what it's like coming out of that. And just like, like I said, healing from it. Um, and yeah, it's just crazy how the abuser, you know, makes you think that everything is your fault and like, you're the problem, even though you're just a little child, (laughs) it's just like crazy to wrap my mind around it. Um, just like now being on the other side of like looking into my life whenever I was younger, like, okay, wow, that was insane. I feel like (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It is. It's crazy making in some ways. That's what some people call it anyway. And so what ways did you cope the good and the bad? How'd you make it through that time? Yeah. um, Some of the good ways I coped. um, One of them was reading. I loved reading. That was kind of like my escape. Um, I just loved reading like fantasy, fiction, anything like that. It was just really fun for me. Um, It was kind of like I could forget everything that was going on in my life, you know, like directly and personally. And I could just like submerge myself into a world where things felt safe and there was always a happy ending and just like all the other fairy tale type stuff. (laughs) Um, And then some of my unhealthy coping was mostly me being in denial, really. I feel like, um, like I pretended like everything was okay. Um, I never shared with any of my friends or even family members, like, what our house was like growing up. Um, not until I got much older, but yeah, just feeling, just feeling like that weight of like, okay, it's my responsibility to act okay and act fine. And just, um, yeah, I don't even know, but did that feel like a, did it almost feel like that was part of the responsibility or that was part of the rule. You know, you can't, you can't really talk about what's going on inside the home because mm-hmm. then you would be wrong or maybe, you know, you would be a disobedient child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely that. And then also like growing up, everyone told me how good my dad was to us. He was, they would be like, Oh, you're so lucky to have a dad like that. Like, you know, 
<laughs> you know how it goes. And yeah. And you're like, okay, an adult is telling me this. So clearly they know what's best. And I'm just, again, the bad kid. I don't know what I'm doing. That's wrong, but you know, they're on, they're seeing all the good that he's doing for me. And I'm just so, you know, disobedient and reluctant that I don't even want to see all the good that he's doing. Like surely, you know, <laughs> surely I, surely I must be the bad one. Surely. Exactly. Me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're doing such a good job, Katura, of like, I think just enlightening people on how, how, you know, subtly twisted it becomes, but it mm-hmm. becomes so deep rooted. It is so hard to grow and heal and see what truth is and see what normal is. What is normal, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really tough. Um, I am glad you had books. Books, <laughs> books can be our best friends. <laughs> Anna Green Gables saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> Anna Green Gables, we love you. <laughs> oh, Martha and Matthew and <laughs> the whole game. <laughs> Those good old souls. Yeah. So what did your support look like? Friends, family, faith, one, all? Yeah. So my support during that time, obviously, was like mainly my just like my siblings and my mom, um, just because like my dad was so controlling and abusive that he didn't really allow us to have like friends or anything like that. We did like have a few friends, but it was like he if he couldn't manipulate and control the situation that he didn't want it to happen. And so during like the early stages, it was like my sisters and my mom. Um, and I really didn't understand what a relationship with God looked like during that part of my life. Um, yeah, just because I saw so many different variations, um, some of which I did not want any part in, (laughs) um, but I did pray a lot. I feel like, some of my earliest memories as a little girl were just like me talking to God whenever I was laying in my bed at night, (laughs) even though I wasn't surely um, sure that he was like real. I still love to talk to him. Um, Yeah. It was just like, so comforting for me to like, just think that, yeah, there is a God he's always here for me. Like he's here to listen. He's not like telling me to be quiet and, you know, I don't know. It was just really sweet for me. I remember. Um, yeah. I love that. So did the challenge, do you feel like the challenge is resolved? Um, is the results what you would, is the results, um, what you thought they would be today or how, or how differently where you at on this journey, this challenge? Yeah, I feel like looking back, um, I didn't really ever see an end just because I feel like there was so much back and forth, um, like especially between my parents, like they would separate and then my dad would like lure my mom back, you know, with manipulation and just there's just so much that goes into the abuse. (laughs) I feel like it's just unending. Um, So yeah, like as a kid, I was like, okay, this is my life until I turn 18 and can move away. Um, But thankfully, finally, my parents did get a divorce. Um, And I haven't talked with my dad in over like four years now. 
And I feel like my mom is finally in like a really healthy place or she's slowly getting there. (laughs) Um, And yeah, she is remarrying the man of her dreams in September, which is just so sweet for me to be able to see um, that it does look like there's going to be an happy and happy ending. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I really couldn't be more happy for just like seeing where she's at and um, the relationship that she's in now. Um, It just like goes to show that um, through Christ and situations like abuse and stuff like that, there is restoration on the other side. Like doesn't matter what it looks like. There's always going to be that restoration and hope. Um, So yeah, it's not exactly what I thought it would look like. Um, But then again, like I said, like I didn't really see an end in sight, Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely God has been faithful throughout the entire process. Um, Like it hasn't always been easy, but I know that like I grew so much and if I did have the chance to go back and change things or change the way I grew up, like I honestly wouldn't want to just because like, that's like who I am today is because of what I went through as a child and just like, yeah, everything. So that yeah, makes who me I am. <laughs> to hear you say that. The reason it makes me so happy is because I love who you are. I love every facet of who you are today. And I love that, you know, that each step leading up in your path, you know, has made you who you are and you are pretty cool. I, <laughs> I do try. <laughs> no, so, <maybe. laughs> one of my favorite quotes is actually about Albert Einstein. I haven't said that before on the show, but I always say the quote, <laughs> but it is that miracles are retelling and small letters are the very same story that is too large for some of us to see. Was there a miracle that you saw? Yes, I definitely saw several miracles. Um, One of the biggest, though, was meeting my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you can hear me, but definitely just meeting him. Um, Yeah, just growing up and seeing like just broken marriages all around me. And um, yeah, just seeing like so much hatred and stuff in families. I didn't know that I would ever get married or that I, I didn't know that I even had a desire to get married. Um, but God definitely had other plans and he, yeah, he was very faithful to fulfill them. Um, but yeah, let's see here. Write a few things down. Um, yeah. So shortly after meeting Jordan, my husband, um, I knew that God, I knew that God like picked this person out for me. Um, And I knew that he was the man that I was supposed to marry. Um, And just seeing the way that he's like shown love to me, like the same way that God has shown love to me. um, Just so encouraging. He is patient, loving and kind. And yeah, he makes the best margaritas. So that's a plus. (laughs) But yeah, that was definitely, um, I feel like the biggest miracle and just the thing that I'm most thankful for. Um, But also like just seeing the way that my family has healed um, through all of this, like, especially all of my siblings individually, like we all have a unique story and it's not like none of our stories are the same. None of them are pretty, (laughs) but 
yeah, I'm just so thankful that um, God's using just bad things um, and he's turning them around and making them beautiful. And yeah, I just see that every day. (laughs) It's awesome. And that's, you know, that's entirely the reason for this podcast is just to share some of those stories. And I think they're the stories that are um, so many people have their own story. You know, I know whoever's listening right now, you have your own story and you have your own miracles and your own songs that you sing because of it. But these are the stories that make us realize like this world is just not perfect and it's just not fair but there's beauty, you know, there is beauty to, to see and to be had. And at the same time, through challenges and difficulties, there's beautiful things happening as well. You know, it's just looking for those miracles and seeing they are there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, Petura, if you have one thing to share with someone who's listening, somebody that just needs to cling to maybe a word of hope or just some nugget that maybe helps them, know that it's going to be okay what's the one thing that you would say what's the song that you want to sing forever forever and ever yeah this was actually whenever I like heard that you were going to ask me this question I was like wow the first thing that came to mind was um a little piece out of the book that I've been reading the past couple of weeks it's called gospel by J.D. Greer I'm not sure if you heard of it Um, but it's just something that I've really been clinging to during the past few months as I continue to just heal and understand, um, just the effect of like past trauma. Um, and that is in Christ, there is nothing I can do that would make you love me more. And I've done nothing that makes you love me less. Your presence and approval are approval are all that I need for everlasting joy As you have been to me, so I will be to others. As I pray, I'll measure your compassion by the cross and your power by the resurrection. And I feel like, you know, growing up, um, just thinking that I was never good enough or I could never please someone to make them like love me fully. um, I feel like, yeah, this really just resonates with me and just shows that, um, even if you didn't grow up with perfect parents or, you know, whatever it is, whoever raised you, um, there's a God that loves you fully and perfectly. And you don't have to change who you are or try to like clean yourself up before you come to him. It's like trying to take a shower before you take a shower. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So yeah, that's just something that's so beautiful to me. Oh my gosh, Katura, that is beautiful. I love that. You're going to have to um, share with me that book. Yeah, it's really powerful. It's like just breaks down the gospel and how simple it really is. Um, Yeah. (laughs) The message is you're loved. You're loved more than you can ever imagine. And um, a love that's so powerful that it can help us through anything and everything we face. It really can. So thank you so much, Katura. I love you. And it's been awesome having and talking with you today. So I love you. This is the best. (laughs) All right, guys, we will see you next time. Bye.